Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. So Jesus, as we celebrate what you're doing in the lives of people, as we start to experience your name, as you continue just to build, as you continue to build on what you've already done, God, I just pray today as we just lean into what you're trying to accomplish through us, as we experience you in a way that changes our lives forever. And God, may it do so in a way that impacts not just our families, but generations of families. May it impact our neighborhoods. May it awaken the workforce where we work, where we live, and where we play. God, we thank you for this moment. And we give you praise and glory for all that's about to happen. In your holy and precious name, amen. God's going to have a seat. And so last week, man, we, we, we dove into this idea as we're just celebrating what God's trying to accomplish through our lives. And, and as he's doing what he's doing, uh, we, just, we just understand that like, the only way to make this happen, the only way we can literally take a page is, is, like we said last week, is to remain in him, to remain in him. And if we can do that, then we have a chance to see something really fruitful and, and to see God move in an extraordinary way. And that was taken out of John chapter 15, where it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And apart from me, we will bear no fruit. And we know that, we trust him in that. And so the challenge is for us is how do we stay that course? How do we continue to invest into that idea? How do we remain in him? How do we do that? It clearly says we will bear more fruit if we do it. It actually says even more fruitful. As fruitful as we have been, literally, we will be even more and so, however, when we don't, when we don't, we won't. When we don't remain in him, we won't see fruit happen. He will actually cut things back. He will prune some fruit out so things can happen. And so for us, we know we are in a season of change. As we physically move from a location over to the warehouse, things are going to look differently this summer. And when we trim them back, we will prune some things up, but we will remain in him. And so this fall, we can become more fruitful and we'll see that fruit and taste and be a part of that fruit. And so we're excited. We literally are excited. We're ready. We're humbled by the opportunity we have been given to do this together and continue with this idea of love built this. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about yet, this whole idea of love built this is us moving into a new location, moving into an idea of what we can do with more opportunities. And we're going to seize that day this coming May 26. I know it's, it's right around the corner. We literally are Sundays away from shutting things down here in the loft and making those transitions. And people are like, well, it's not even ready. And that's right. It's not. But we haven't given an opportunity to go over there and begin to to, to see what we can serve and how we do that together, how, how we can hammer a nail in or paint a wall, 
paint a wall, run some lines, and and see what God can do with a group of people who desire to to meet together, worship a little bit, pray together fervently, and and, and then literally just see what God can do with our time, our talents, and our tithes. And we're going to trust him every step of the way. And then we'll see what happens this fall as we we launch into this new area called our home. And we're going to see God be fruitful for what we've put into it and our time and our energy. And we trust him. And so therefore, we know it is going to be good because we trust him. And so today, with the time that we have left, um, I would like to talk to you about this and and this big idea is that everybody has a storyline Everybody has a story to play in this role. And, 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 and from the time that we met, you know, that, 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 that moment that you probably have a, a good story that you met somebody, maybe it's a positive story. Maybe it's a storyline that you're proud to tell. And honestly, there's probably other ones that you're not so proud to tell. But the truth is from that one time when you met that one girl, right? Or that guy, right? Or maybe it's the graduation. We've got some people who've already graduated. And congratulations, college students, man. Good job on what you've done and can accomplish. We look forward to seeing what God can do more in your life. Maybe it's that marriage, that storyline of how things took place on your marriage day. Maybe even even this morning, there's a birth of a child that, that their parents go here and we're excited. Two o'clock this morning, there was a birth that took place and we're excited for them and the life of that, that. Yeah, come on, that's good stuff. And maybe, maybe it's celebrating years of being clean. I know there's people in here in this room that have been clean now for years from that addiction that held you, held you hostage for years. And maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's even another step. There's people going through some, some life-changing moments from Dave Ramsey classes or, or financial freedom, and, and you're debt-free for the first time, and it's a great story to tell. It's a great story to tell. But on the flip side, we all have stories we would rather keep quiet, don't we? We have storylines that, that maybe like the one when you got pulled over for that DUI. Or maybe you got pulled over for that other thing that took place that you were speeding way too fast and you went flying past the cop and you didn't see him. Not saying that was me, it was my wife. Didn't say that one. But there's moments like that you're not so proud of, right? And maybe it's you try to be quiet about it. For me, you know, it, it could be even that moment when as a soccer coach, you charged the field of play because you saw a child down and, and you walked over there, but then the coach got in front of your face and you said, let's take it out in the parking lot. That was not a good moment because it was caught on tape, all right? But it's moments like that, you hide. I didn't say I was perfect, just a pastor. Big difference between the two. Facts, right? Hashtag true. Anyways, uh, they're not the best moments in my life. And you got them too. Let's just be honest. How many got some moments you're not really proud of? Raise your hands. There they are. Look around. We're not alone. Thank you for, yeah, we got some people in the, blo- in the nest are like, I'm all in on this one. <laughs> it's me. What are you talking about today? I don't, I don't need to go any further. It's me, right? And so we all have stories. The good ones, the bad ones. But what I know to be true is this. It's, 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 it's seemingly small, insignificant decisions in life result in life-altering trajectories, directions, moments that change everything. And from that time when, when I went to the BSU on campus at Eastern Kentucky University for a party, a, literally a party, a dance party, and then I, invited, I was invited to church and I got connected to a, a church called First Baptist Church Richmond and then to a pastor called Wild Bill. His name was literally Wild Bill, but he's bald and I really took after him. Literally. He's from Cadence, Kentucky, and his name is Bill Fort. And he actually just last Sunday put in his resignation after serving in ministry for more than 30 some odd years. 
22 at First Baptist Richmond, and I just want to give a shout out to him because I know he'll be listening to this. Love you, man. Thank you for what you've done in my life, and I can't wait to see the next steps and where you're going. But he took me under his wing, and he just loved on me. He mentored me, and then in my conversations with my campus pastor, his name was Rick Trexler, and he, he literally just said, you know what? Your, your verse, your life verse, and he just poured it into me. It was Isaiah 40, 31. For those who hope in the Lord will renew their strengths, right? They will mount up on wings like eagles, and they will what? Run and not go weary, walk and not be faint. And that verse just impacted my journey on college, in college, and after college. And eventually I became a, a campus pastor intern. I didn't think that would ever happen. I didn't even be, that wasn't even a process. That wasn't even a thought. But I gave up flying. And in that same season when I gave up flying, that's when I met my wife. I met her. None of that would have ever came to fruition if I, if I did not surrender to God and go become an intern. I didn't even know that was even possible, but I, I did it. God had a bigger plan. And then became a full-time campus pastor a year later because Rick decided to retire. Had not seen that one coming, 22 years of service in that campus ministry. Then I went on to seminary, left my flying career altogether, became a full-time pastor, said yes to an invitation to a church, went to Fazoli's to meet a guy about discipleship, and it turned out to be that... That was the moment when I slowed down my life completely and I said yes to planning a church. I thought I was going to Africa, but he put me in this wild jungle called Danville, Kentucky. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Four kids later, a partridge in a pear tree and missions all around, right? We get to see life change constantly. And we get to see it with people who are like-minded and that want nothing more to see God, God's story reign over his kingdom and seeing life change over and over again as we continue to be obedient to Jesus. You see, what I want you to remember today is this, this one phrase, you can write it down if you want to, is decisions you make today determine the story you'll tell tomorrow. A decision you'll make today will determine the story you tell tomorrow. The question I want to ask you is this, though, is how do we live the story we want to tell? How do we want to live that story that we want to tell? How do we, how do we live a story worth telling? How do we live a story worth telling? We, we have to let God help write the story. It's first. We have to let, let God write that story. And the, and the verse that comes to my heart that, that I love to share with people is, is Hebrews 12, 2. And the only way we can get this accomplished is to completely fix our eyes, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And if he is not, if he is not, if he is not the author and perfecter of your faith, then you really are just playing religion. You're playing with your storyline. And that's a storyline that's not worth playing with. It's a dangerous ending. It has a very dangerous ending. And I just want to get your undivided attention for a couple of minutes. You see, storylines are amazing. And I don't know if you've ever, ever done a storyline before. Maybe it's been a, quite some time. But I've always been fascinated by storylines and, and, and how they affect history. And if you wish to look at how decisions that made today tell a story tomorrow. And, and last fall, I was, I was at the Ark up in, you know, in northern Kentucky, and I got a chance to, to, to go out on the third floor and, and see this huge storyline. And I was like, that is the most awesomest thing in the world. And, and so if, if I could borrow 
uh, Dylan, come here, buddy. And, and so I'm going to get you to help me. Thomas, sorry. I'm sorry, Thomas, 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 Thomas. And so Thomas and Jeff, over here, come, come over here just for a second. And, and we'll just see if we can pull this out and, and get it going right in the right direction. Okay, so you pull that that way. And then very carefully. Okay, there we go. Pull this one. You're going to have to pull that. So just start unfolding. You don't have to walk that way, man. I'll be the guy in the middle. Okay, very carefully. Please. We don't want to rip it. Keep going. Okay, keep going. Oh, oh you're ripping it. You're ripping it. Don't, don't, don't let it rip. Don't let it rip. Okay, hold it straight. Hold it straight. Yeah, okay. Yes, we don't want to rip it. Okay. All right, look at this. All right, so we'll hold it straight up and down like that. So if we wish to look at a storyline from the beginning of history, and I'll put this on the ground and, and, and allow it to be a part of it, but you can clearly see this is from point one of history all the way down to basically where we're at now in, in history. You can see, you know, the United States of America, and you can see sort of some things. And if we were to just go right here, I, I'm standing right here underneath when Jesus was crucified in this moment when he rose from the grave right, right there. And then all of a sudden, when the disciples and the Roman Empire was moving, and the Apostle Paul starts to come into effect, and all of a sudden, you see Constantine, you see all these other things, you see, you see things that start to affect our history. And when I was, I was there, I was just like, you know, we, we, we often go back into time and we say, oh, well, here's the, the, you know, the Mongolian Empire and we see all these other things and we see history and you see Solomon's kingdom. You see some other things that sort of, you know, the book of Judges is when it was written. You just sort of start to see things that's like, wow, these, these are things we talk about, but like literally here's the moment. That was not the moment. <laughs> but it's right here. It sort of intersects from here to here. It changes everything. This one moment in time changed our lives for those who are in Christ Jesus. It changed everything. And we act like it, we act like it was so long ago in history. But if you start to evaluate, here's a little small glimpse of time. Here's a little small glimpse of time. And literally when I walked up there and I started just crying, because I was sitting there just completely enamored. Like, we act like it was so long ago that he was died and crucified and rose from the grave. But it was really just a short glimpse in history because my arms can reach this far to this far. Are you with me? We act like, oh, it's so far long ago, man. In a way, may the force be with you. May, you know, you with me? Are you with me? We act like it was so far long ago, but it was right here. It was this moment that changed everything. And then the Apostle Paul gets it. The Apostle Paul gets it, and he goes nuts telling the world. He's like, you 12, you disciples, man, you haven't done a really good job. You take Jerusalem, I'll take the world. One guy. He took the world, and he changed the trajectory of how many stories. And we play a crucial portion, literally from this moment on, of how the story of many thousands and millions, and actually 7.2 billion, depends on what category you listen to, 7.3, you know, billions of people that have a moment to change their history. My question is, is where are you at? Do you treat this just like a story? Or is it a story worth telling? Is a story that you have gone all in on and it's changed your life forever and you can't shut up about it. And throughout history, you now become a portion of a history changer for the thousands of people that will come after you and the thousands of people that will come after them simply because of what you decided to pour your life into. A moment in time 
that love stepped in and started to build something. Matter of fact, you can go backwards in time and history and when God said, this is gonna come, this moment is coming and he builds towards it, he builds towards it, he builds and he builds and he gets to the point, the appointment in time when he built something that was priceless. And from that moment on, it has continued to build. And here's the truth about today. We're not starting something new. We're just building on something that's already been done. It's up to us to continue to tell a story worth telling. And the question comes down to, will we do that? Will we do that? I'm going to let Jeff and these guys start to fold this up without ripping it, please. That would be amazing. That's okay, man. You're totally fine. Here, start folding that back in. Fold it back in very carefully. But is it? Is it really worth a story worth telling? Can we tell it in a way that changes people's lives? Put that over one time. Let's try this way. Yep. Set that down with you. Could we do it in a way that changes the culture that surrounds us? Could we do it in a way that literally captivates the world? I think the only way it's possible is Hebrews 12 too. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You see, my point for showing you this is one day you're going to tell a story about a season in your life and hopefully you tell a story that you're proud to tell how love built this. But some won't. You see, because the decisions you make today determine the stories you'll tell tomorrow. And point in your life, since there's, there's something more, there's always something more, and we know it, but something new is coming. Every step we take, there's something new. And what we know is we were designed for more. We are designed for more. God designed us for more. The question is, is what to do and how to do it. How do we know our next steps or the direction we need to go? See, sometimes the best decision you can make is, is to go is to go when it would be easier to stay. You see, this is so true for us today. This is so true because it would be so easy for us to stay put here in the loft. Think about it, seriously. A couple of years ago, we had a decision to try to stay here and, and, and we thought this was a decision, but it just it unfolded and it just didn't come to true, it didn't come to pass. And, and we just, God, move us, help us understand what, what's our next step. How do we do this? And, and literally what took place is next is, is God revealed he revealed, and literally, you're living right now, if you're here today, if you're even listening, we only have four more Sundays here in the loft. May 26th is basically our last moment of gathering here, and then we get to have a moving party. Please put that on your calendar, by the way. Check that one off. We need some help moving some things out. And I would love to see what happens when we all get together and start moving that stuff out. Because it's those moments of clarity when you think you have, you know, it's not too much, but how many bags of stuff have been brought up here over the past five years? Yeah, it's a spring cleaning worthy of telling. <laughs> but it would be so easy to stay put. But what if we fixed our eyes on Jesus and followed him into something more? I want to read a passage from the scripture from the Old Testament. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3. And I want, to see, I want you to see when God was challenging and moving Moses, they're having this conversation about him going and doing something that could change the lives of others forever. 
And in Exodus 3, chapter 10, verse 10 and 11, it says this. So now go, now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Verse 11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. It's just, it's just I'm just little old Moses. And Moses and God are just having this dialogue. What, what, if, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? You don't know what I've done, God. He does. He knows what your storyline already looks like. He already knows how you're going to change lives. He already knows everything. He's just asking you to trust him and have the faith to do it. You see, he was doubting who he was and who, he, who gave him instructions and if people would even listen to him. And in verse 14, it says this. It says, God said to Moses, I am who I what? I am. I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Have you ever had that moment when you know God is telling you to do something, yet you're like, well, what do I do? What do I say? How do I even respond to this? How, how, how do I do this, God? You just remember who you're following. You just remember who sent you. You remember who's, who's breathing life into you. It's I am who I am. And in verse 10, it continues on. In Exodus 4, it says this. Moses said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12, now go. Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. You see, why is it, why is it that so many of us don't go or do or obey when we think or we're commanded or told we're supposed to do something from God? Why is it that as Christians or Christ followers, I may have a spiritual gift or internal something that's leading me to change lives or change what I care about and I don't do it or we don't step out in faith? Well, I can't speak for everybody in the room, but I can speak for myself. And it's simply because of this. It's because I'm afraid. It's fear. It, it, it's, it's not knowing what's going to happen. It's in my insecurities that I fall. And I'm not sure it's going to work out. So God, I'll just, I'll back off just a little bit. I tell myself I, I'll do it later, Right? I'll take that step next time. I might not even ask the person to come with me because I'm afraid of what they might say. I might have not even gone to, to, to give that week because I don't think I have the resources to give or the talent or the time, the tithe, because I was afraid of not having for that week. You see, the bottom line is, is it, it's hard to say, but the truth is I don't have faith sometimes. And here's what I hope you understand is I'm not perfect I'm trying to be as real and vulnerable as I possibly can. And that is a scripture verse that has been penetrating my heart. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6. And if you haven't written anything down, I ask you, write this one down, at least highlight in your U version. And it says this, a person without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Verse six, it says this, chapter 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, must believe, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, I wanna do life with people who are surrounded with me who earnestly seek him because it, it, it encourages my faith. It encourages me. It encourages my family. And we can't get enough of it. We want to do life who wants to, to worship together. I mean, come on. Who wants to worship a dead idol of religion or of faith when, you, when you've met the living God? When he commands us to follow him, why do we still sit sometimes? You see, our storylines could look so different if we just did As that old hymn says, if you grew up in a church, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. For some of us, we've said those words, we've sang those songs, and we still don't even understand them. Listen, you can't walk on water unless you get out of the boat. Peter did that. He's like, Jesus! He didn't even think about the shark that was swimming under him. He just went. Hey, you can't split the sea unless you pick up the staff and trust God to do something that only God can get the credit for and part the Red Sea. Moses did that. You can't save a bunch of animals and your entire family if you don't listen to the plans and build something you've never even heard of or, or seen before. Noah did that with the ark. You can't see walls come down, fields be planted, or miracles happen if you can't simply be still and know who God is. In other words, you have to step out to find out what he's trying to do with your story. From leaving my passion of flying, from leaving my passion of flying to following a calling to fix my eyes on Jesus, to leaving Stanford Baptist Church to start Centerpoint Church, Back in 2012, to to starting Love Loud Nows and the blitzes and and changing a culture of giving through your generosity and through our generosity, when it would have been easier not to write those checks, to walking across the room to invite a friend to church when when I I did not think they would even come or or now are, are helping lead others to Jesus to giving that one financial gift that feels like it it would not do anything, but it changes everything. Or what if, what if, what if you're trusting God for, for who he says he is for the very first time? What if you've never ever seen what love can build because you've never met the real author of love? What would your storyline look like? Imagine if you hadn't. Years later, right now, if we just go down the road, imagine if you hadn't, what would have happened? Where would we be? Where would your family be? What what if you did not go? What if we didn't go? What if you did not give? What if we didn't give? What if you did not meet love face to face? What I can say is this, is Jesus left doing carpentry to say yes and go teach and build on love that his father taught him. The disciples went into the world and built on love that Jesus demonstrated day in and day out. 
And throughout history, have, people have gone so much and gave so much and continue to build on what love has been doing for years. The question is, is what are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to it? What will your part of the storyline look like in history? Today, today we have an opportunity to build on love. You see, when we fix our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, what will be the storyline we want to share next month? Next year. In five years from now or 10 years, what will be the storyline? What will it look like? And from those who, who literally sat around a campfire or around our first table that we were able just to dream and, and pray and fast, we would have never guessed it would have impacted this many people, would we have? Here's five, six years later. Can you imagine what five, six years later now looks like? You've been given a platform to present the gospel to the world. And if we truly, if we truly, if we truly remain in him, what will happen? What will happen if we go all in on that idea? What type of fruit will we bear next year? And how we will tell a story worthy of telling. What will that even look like? You see, this moment in history could change everything for you and your family. And for those friends who are around you. You see, that's what Jesus does. He changes storylines. He intersects in history and he changes everything. You see, when we lean in, he changes things. When we step in, he's already stepped in. And he removes the trajectory of going to a different location, to something worthy of telling. You see, the decisions you make today determine the stories you'll tell tomorrow. And I pray, and I pray, and I pray you tell the story, that you tell the story, that you tell the story that is worthy of repeating. And it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Today, we've been gathering at noon on every single day this week just to pray. And I hope you're ready to help us tell a story worthy of telling tomorrow. I hope hope today we can make history by how we love God and how we're being obedient. And my prayer is that God would help us to live the story you want us to tell. And I'm praying today that God would stir within us and build our faith to live a life totally and completely for him and allow our decision today to tell a story worthy of telling tomorrow through love that changes everything. And what I know is when you get a bunch of stories together of where Jesus has intersected, and changed everything, it draws attention. It completely alters history. It sets a ripple effect that changes the trajectory. And today we have that moment. And if you're a first time guest, man, we just wanna say thank you. 
And if you're curious about who this Jesus is in the first place, man, I'd love to have a moment with you after the service. But today is, is about Love Built This. Love Built This is a bucket. Can't miss it. And we're just going to set it right here in front. And we're going to put it right there. And I just ask that you consider what it looks like to invest into it. If you got one of these on the way in, or maybe you took one last week and you prayed over it, that here in a minute, when we start singing a song, that you just walk forward and you move and you give back. And we trust God with what he's about to do with it. But for today, what kind of story are you going to tell? How will you let Jesus be the author and perfecter of your faith with everything? I just want to say thanks for being here, for being a part, for loving loud now, for seeing God do some great things that only he can get the credit for. And as we continue to remain in him, as we just continue to just to camp all in and we tell the story, I can't wait to see what kind of fruit it will bring. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being here and present. Thank you for intersecting the storyline. Jesus, as we just, we move here today, as we gather and we invest into what love build, what love builds. Today we, we, we give a portion back to you. Some may be little, some may be small. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's a matter of our heart. And I just pray favor over that. That we're being obedient to what we're trying to accomplish. That we're listening to your spirit. And may this gift multiply in ways we've never dreamed possible. God, I thank you for those who've, who've gone all in and they've invested their time, their talent, their tithe. Jesus, I thank you for this moment right here in history that could literally change the lives of thousands of people. And I pray that our story today is a story worthy of telling tomorrow that it can impact generations to come. God, we love you and we thank you for everything in your name. Amen.